Hey guys and girls, welcome, welcome to, to Single to Sealed. I'm Jerry, your host, and here with me is my co-host and wife, Brianna. As members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, we have dedicated this podcast to helping fellow Christians navigate the treacherous waters of dating all the way to the winding roads of marriage. All are welcome in our podcast family, and we are so excited to have you here with us. Be sure to subscribe, follow, or favorite. Let's talk. Hey, 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 it's Brianna and Jerry broadcasting live from our closet. Fricka, fricka, yeah. It's true. <laughs> Have we told them that before? No. <laughs> yeah, guys, we record in our closet. Yep. Believe it or not, it is the quietest place in the house, least amount of echo, and uh, that's pretty much it. <laughs> Good thing it's a walk-in closet. And despite us being in the closet surrounded by clothes and in a really sh- like small space, um, we still have to have the rest of the entire house quiet <laughs> in order for us to get good sound for you guys. So um, so appreciate. Yeah. We even take the bones away from our dogs during the time we record because they chew on the bones and we can hear it in our mics. It makes it sound like you take the bones <laughs> right out of the, <laughs> right out of their body. It's like taking candy from <laughs> So that they can't walk and ruin our, sound, <laughs> ruin our audio. Okay. Um, yeah. Sorry, let's get back <laughs> to the topic at hand. We guys, last time it. we talked about engagement. Yes. And... Now we're ready to talk about marriage. So Brianna and I actually found some scriptures that have to do with marriage. And the one that I found is in Proverbs 3, starting with verse 15. She is more precious than rubies, and all the things that thou canst desire are not to be compared unto her. Length of days is in her right hand, and in her left hand riches and honor. Her ways are ways of pleasantness, and all her paths are peace. She is like a tree of life to them that lay hold upon her, and happy is every one that retaineth her. So that was Proverbs three, fifteen to eighteen. Brianna has a scripture too. Go ahead. Yeah, I actually have two scriptures. Proverbs eighteen twenty two says, "Whoso findeth a wife findeth a good thing, and obtaineth favor of the Lord." And then in Ephesians. 5 25 through 33 it also talks about marriage it says husbands love your wives even as christ also loved the church and gave himself for it that's beautiful yeah so those feelings that you guys are feeling from those scriptures and i hope you're feeling is basically what marriage is it's that complete you know feeling of uh, serenity and goodness that comes from the other person. Mm-hmm. So rather than us just telling you what marriage is, we wanted to read some scriptures to help you feel, help you feel what marriage is supposed to be. Exactly. And we know marriage isn't perfect and it's trying. I mean, you're trying to put two different people together in one relationship to grow and to work and to build a life together. Um, that's why I also love the quote by Thomas S. Monson, one of our beloved prophets, that says, uh, choose your love and love your choice. Um, ultimately when you decide to get married, you are choosing your love. And after you have made that decision to choose the person that you love, you have to continue to love that choice. And sometimes it will be easier than others. Sometimes it will be difficult. Jerry and I have been married just shy of four years and we've had our fair share of ups and downs and times when it's a little bit harder to love your choice and times when it's really easy to love your choice for both of us. And that's part of marriage and that's part of making this commitment and this covenant before God. So what is the purpose of marriage? 
We know that it's way more than a piece of paper, despite what the world wants to tell us it is, especially within the confines of an eternal covenant that we make in the temple before God. Jerry, for you, why is marriage more than a piece of paper? And for members of the church, why is it more than that? Um, I think it's because, again, in Scripture, you know, it tells us that we should be cleaving unto one another, you know, basically becoming one flesh. Mm-hmm. And in order to do that, I mean, you have to understand one another. And if you're becoming one, that means your problems are mine, my problems are, are yours. And that's something that's supposed to help us carry the burden that sometimes we can feel just going through this existence. Because I, I don't know if burden is the right word to call our existence, but it's definitely difficult. Mm-hmm. And you know, if things are, are done right and in good practice, it is, it's good to always have at least one person that can understand you and be with you along that journey. Yes. And also we know that marriage isn't till death do us part. Marriage goes beyond the grave and it is something that is meant to be eternal and to create an eternal family. So when we're talking about marriage, we're not just talking about binding ourselves to someone for 50 or 60 years. We're talking about being with them for eternity. And that's a huge commitment. And I mean, even if we want to break down marriage to just a simple piece of paper, um, you know, you get up every day and work for money and money is just paper, right? (laughs) So the same goes for a marriage. Marriage requires work and it requires you to get up every day and work for it and dedicate yourself to your spouse. Correct. And, you know, to what you said about money, like money is just paper, but it's the meaning of money, like the power that comes with money that that gives it its value. Yes. And likewise. You know, so um, in in light of that, I, I heard a phrase recently that uh, I saw on, on social media, someone referring to their um, bad marriage as a test marriage. I don't know if anyone else has ever heard that phrase before, but I thought that was really interesting that, you know, the way they described their marriage was, you know, we were together for a short time. You know, we, we got to experience marriage. I got a divorce. So when I get my next one, like, it'll be better. I think that's such a sad way to look at your marriage. That's not to say that if 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 there's reasons for, you know, health healthy purposes that a couple needs to split, you know, never never call that a test marriage. You know, otherwise you weren't in that marriage for the right reason. Exactly. You know, it is it is not a test marriage. You know, you had you had your struggles and there's a lot of healing that needs to take place before you could find somebody that's supposed to be your potential, you know, companion for life into the next. And how could you just call that person a test? You know, just just a, a blip in in the scale of life. You know, so if anyone else has heard that phrase, I think that's kind of interesting to me. It's make, sad. Make sure that we're approaching marriage, you know, not as you know, this is a test. If it doesn't work out, it's fine. Like I'll just find someone else. Make sure you're approaching it with the sacredness. Is that the right word? The sacredness that needs to be given to it. Um, I mean, marriage is truly a sacred thing. It's something that is ordained of God and was given to us by him to, you know, follow in his footsteps. So kind of to break down marriage, we all know people talk about the honeymoon phase and how it only lasts a short while and people will always tell you when you're engaged or you're going to get married, oh, it's not going to last forever. You know, you're not going to feel that same way forever, which I think is truly sad. But as someone who's been married for now almost four years, I mean, it's true. After time passes, after you've initially gotten married, 
you know, reality starts to set in a little bit that you're going to be with this person for forever. And you start to notice small things that you probably don't like, um, little things in their behavior when they leave their socks out or <laughs> Jerry's just nodding over there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, everything's not all dandelions and butterflies because that's not how life is. Um, and that's not mean to say that that's just how it is. But despite that, how do we keep the love and the romance and the happiness and joy alive in our marriages despite the hardships, Jerry? Uh, you know, we we need to continue to strengthen our love with one another. You know, I don't think that when you fall in love and you get married, like that's the end of your love progression. Your love is something that should be increasing every single day, every single day throughout your marriage. And uh, whether that be to continue to date them, you know, go on a date once a week, especially when you don't have kids yet. You know, <laughs> you know, there's, you should still be doing dates even when you do get get to having kids, you know, try to go on, you know, a couple dates, you know, a month. Even if that date is just putting the kids to bed, curling up with a tub of ice cream and watching a Netflix show together or that's, recording a podcast. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that that's good. But obviously, like, that's, we, we prefer to do things that are going to, you know, sh- continue to, to strengthen us and get to know each other better. I will tell you that you get to a point in your marriage where, you know, bringing up conversation is a lot harder because you already know so much about this other person now. You know, you're not asking basic questions to get to know things about them. <laughs> you know a lot. You know, so you have to continue to find creative ways to um, build that love, like Brianna said, with you know finding a hobby that you could do together uh, or um, serving one another, you know, making sure that you're constantly showing the other person that you care and you're not doing those things for recognition, but you're doing them because you want to support them and you know, help them with their life to go to be more smooth. One thing that I've noticed that I've had to kind of encourage myself to do is to be more spontaneous and also let Jerry be more spontaneous. Um, he loves to ask me to dance and stuff when music is playing or be sweet and just give me a peck on the lips. And sometimes I'm so caught up in what I'm doing or taking care of the kids or making dinner and I reject him. Mm-hmm. Denied. <laughs> And so lately, I've been trying to to help encourage that more and participate more in those moments because those are really special moments. And I hope the jury's noticed that I've been doing that. But I think that also is very important is to not lose that spontaneity of, <laughs> of marriage and of love and of kind of growing that excitement continuously over all the years that you will be together. And, you know, it's important, obviously, that you continue to be you know, intimate and sexually active you know as well as you go through as you go through marriage and uh, you'll find that there's different standards of you know how often that activity takes place within each marriage and different ways you approach that that we're not really talking about right here um, but you know it's important to continue to do that because that's it's one way to deepen your connection as well oh definitely and I think it's also really important Jerry and I we had some struggles early on in our marriage and we ended up going to counseling. I think it was like, I don't know how many sessions we went to, but a few sessions, like six or eight sessions, I think, uh, with a marriage and family therapist. And she told us something really important while we were there. She mentioned that most couples who come to see her come to see her too late. And that it was good that we were coming early in our marriage because it was going to help lay some good foundations for us as a married couple. 
So I definitely recommend if you're having like struggles communicating and struggles early on in your marriage to go seek out a therapist. I love in today's day and age, one great thing about it is that people are becoming more open about sharing that they go see therapists or counselors because, I mean, honestly speaking, everybody should be doing it. Everybody has some sort of, you know, trauma or issues that would be great to be worked out. And so early in your marriage, I recommend even if you just go to like four or five sessions, it would be really healthy for your marriage to set you out on that good foot, um, put your best foot forward and establish a good communication and solid relationship foundation in the beginning. And I think something like that really shows humility as well, you know, that each person's willing to say, I'm not perfect and I'm not even close to perfect. Yeah. And we want to make sure we're starting our marriage on the right foot or even later on, you know, it's never too late to start therapy. We know plenty of couples that are in their 40s, even 50s that are doing therapy and have done them for a long time. Yeah. And that just not because something is necessarily always wrong with them, because it keeps them on the right track and making sure that they're you know, being their best selves. So we on the channel definitely want to support normalizing therapy. And we hope that with some of the guests that we're going to have on the show here coming up, that we'll be able to um, understand that definitely. a little bit more. One thing that Jerry and I are definitely not perfect at, but we love and encourage you to do, is to do a weekly companionship inventory as a married couple. For those of you that have served missions, I know that's not all of you. And many of you aren't familiar with that. But when you serve a mission for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, uh, you do a weekly companionship inventory is what it's called. And you sit down with your companion that you teach with. And you basically discuss the issues that you have with each other, if you have any. And you plan out your week. You uh, talk about ways you can improve. And you give each other compliments and tell them, you know, (laughs) the things they did good that week. Mm -hmm. And... It's actually very helpful to take that and carry it over into married life because you are companions and you do go through a lot of stuff throughout the week. And if you throw kids into that mix, I mean, you've got a lot going on. And it's really good to have that quiet moment to sit down and delve into things together and discuss, you know, what you need and what you have have noticed and that kind of thing. Yeah, I, I certainly agree with that. I think that's one of the greatest things that I was able to take from the mission. In fact, when we've done our inventories, we've almost literally read the script that was in Preach My Gospel. Yes. (laughs) And and adapted it to us. And we also have, you know, companions that we really like here. And so we're we're putting an extra effort to make sure that the comp inventory is good. Definitely. And we'll actually include a link in our episode description that will take you to the companionship inventory information if you're not a member of the church or if you didn't serve a mission, you're not familiar with it can walk you through what you need to do to do that. And I would also say that this isn't something that you need to wait for to do in marriage. No. I would say once you're, you know, boyfriend and girlfriend, you know, and even if you've been together for a while, especially if you've been engaged, you can go ahead and do that too. You know, mm-hmm. at least once a week. We love to do it on Sundays. It's good practice. You know, when we're, you know, already having a day of rest and trying to reflect. It's definitely good practice to be able to do that in general because just like we've mentioned before, you know, unvoiced expectations will cause resentment and so this gives you a chance to get something really off your chest and when I say that I look at you Brianna because (laughs) this isn't a mystery to most people and I'm not trying to offend anybody but we know that girls like to hold that grudge (laughs) and guys will be oblivious and move on and then two months later Brianna will be like remember that time hey I don't really do it two months later remember when remember when remember when (laughs) on repeat yeah so 
this is good because it gives you that chance once a week to say, okay, like, you know, we set this for ourselves, actually, when we were better at it, which reminds us we should probably do <laughs> be we better should. at it, <laughs> um, is if, if you don't bring up something that was bothering you during that week, like, that's like your checkpoint. Like, it can still bother you, but like, shame on you if you wait, you know, past this designated sacred time to grow and get stuff off your chest. And um, one thing we wanted to talk about here actually is that quicker resolution of conflict is always better anyways. Actually, the quicker you can resolve a conflict in a relationship, it, it shows how healthy your relationship is. I was actually discussing with Jerry this about a week or two ago. Uh, something I read online that said that healthy couples resolve conflict within, what did I say, three minutes? There's three three or five minutes. One yeah. or two. And I'll have to link that also below in the description box for you guys to check out. But it is an awesome piece of information because I never really thought about that before, but the longer you let things boil in your heart, usually the higher and more intense the conflict becomes. And if you try quickly to resolve a conflict and to humble yourself, it requires humility to kind of lower yourself, both of you down to a level where you can communicate effectively. But it talks about in the article the importance of one of you giving. So one of you taking a moment to say, you know what, I love you, Jerry. I don't want to fight about this. I'm sorry. What can we do to fix this? And one of you has to step down to that level and apologize in order to diffuse the situation as quickly as possible. And then the other person has to recognize that's what's happening. Mm-hmm. You know, instead of still boiling up and being like, no, you can't just do that. I'm mad at you. Like, it, it takes a, it takes definite, definite commitment from both parties to make that true. And yes. the, the amount of time, the farther that you go without discussing something, the more details get lost. You yes. know, and so we'll wait longer and, you know, I'll tell Brianna a different story than she's telling me. And now we're fighting about who's telling the story right. <laughs> it's true. And I'm like, this is such a waste of time because now we can't even solve the problem because we don't even agree on how the event happened. So it basically becomes an unresolved conflict. Exactly. So food for thought on that. Yes. Okay, we're jumping over to kind of a different aspect of this conversation. I did want to take a moment and talk about the commandment to multiply and replenish the earth. We know, at least as members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, I'm not super familiar about how it's taught in other Christian faiths. So if you're another Christian listener, um, I'm sorry if this is new to you. Here we go. (laughs) We know that the multiply and replenish the earth commandment is still in full force today. And one of the main purposes of marriage, besides becoming someone's companion and being able to return to heaven as an eternal family, is the aspect of children and how important it is to have kids. One thing I was reading, this was quite a while ago, was talking about how even as members of the church, people are waiting longer and longer to have children. And I understand that some people have crazy things happening in their lives. But I do want to reiterate a promise that the Lord has always given us that he will always provide for us and take care of us if we are following his and keeping his commandments. And we know that multiply and replenish the earth is one of his commandments. And if we are fulfilling that commandment and we are having kids within the bonds of marriage that he has, you know, blessed, that's a holy marriage, he's going to take care of us always. And that is something that Jerry and I have seen in our own marriage. I mean, we had kids pretty early on. I mean... (laughs) We got pregnant pretty soon after getting married. and On purpose. On purpose. And the Lord has always provided for us. We were college students. We didn't have a ton of money. We had to take out, you know, loans for school and that kind of thing. 
but we have always done okay financially and been able to make it make it by just fine and so I just want to invite you if you are hesitant on starting a family to start your family to pray and decide amongst yourselves when to start it but also to not wait forever because that's one of the main reasons we're here on this earth is to have the experience of being parents and while I agree with that um, I also would like to say that we are sensitive and know that there are people out there that struggle to have kids there are people that some people that just can't have kids depending on you know their health situations and that's something that's definitely difficult Um, I think that that commandment to multiply and replenish the earth you know along with that is to bring more souls unto Christ and fulfill this plan of salvation you know that's going to help all the children on the earth you know return and live with our father in heaven again and so I think it's just as important for people to be open to adoption or uh, fostering to adopt different things like that if you haven't explored that avenue um, because it's, it's important for for those people too to have families and we know that those people can also be sealed into our family yes you know basically making them our own and so I, I do believe that we can fulfill you know that commandment as well that way and um, that's something that Brianna and I have even considered at certain points in our marriage even at this stage yeah and I also do want to add something Jerry was hesitant to have a larger family with me in the beginning because I always wanted a large family what is large <laughs> like 10 or 12 kids mm-hmm. everybody's <laughs> but, hesitant for that but um my mission president had always told me that it is so important that we welcome as many souls as the lord is willing to give us into our family because we have everything that he wants his children to have we have a home that is full of um, knowledge of christ and the gospel and close to him why would, wouldn't we want to bring as many children into a safe, secure, loving environment as possible? And when I talked to Jerry about that, I think it kind of helped him see the bigger picture of why we have kids, why we have large families, and the importance of helping bring the spirits that are still up there waiting to come down here to earth. That's a huge responsibility that we have. But like Jerry says, I do second that again. Um, there are many who have infertility struggles, so we are sensitive to that and and... We know that it's a little bit different for you guys, and we love you, and we support you. I think one of the number one things that's helped me improve in Christ-like nature, and I don't say to become because I'm not even close, <laughs> is is my kids. And I've told people this. I was like, I, I thought I was patient until I dealt with my toddler, <laughs> you know, or my newborn. You know, I, a lot of things I, I thought until I was dealing with kids, you know, so that helps us become more Christ-like and God-like. And then the more kids we have, that helps us become more Christ-like and God-like because we're, we're, we're understanding how God sees all these other kids that, you know, he's, these souls he's created. And, 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 and we're complaining when we have two. Yeah. That, that helps us to know, you know, more about God's mentality and how, and how wonderful, you know, it is to have God and to know that he understands how we feel as a parent. And, um, I think that the the more kids we have, um, it's definitely definitely a good thing. Um, but it's also something that you need to be prayerful about. And while we want to welcome souls, you know, we want to be prayerful about, you know, is this is this good for our family? 
And a lot of times, I hate to tell you that it's, you're probably not going to get a lot of answers to say no because <laughs> <laughs> the plan of salvation, you know, is in in place for us to have these families and to raise these souls. And um, it's a good thing. And this is the only place here on earth is the only time that you will get to practice being the parent of earthly children as an earthly parent. And the only time that you will get to experience raising kids in this environment. So when you go up to heaven and you become like God and you have all these spirit children, would it be better to lean on experience of raising one earthly child or eight earthly children or six earthly children with all differing personalities and struggles? Of course, it's going to be the more children you've raised, the more experience you've had the opportunity to have. And whether that be adopted children or foster children or your biological children, the more we're able to experience raising that, the, the stronger our abilities will be and our compassion and and empathy. And here's here's a idea that I am fairly certain of. And that is when it comes to how many kids we want to have or if we want to adopt kids, the phrase the natural man is an enemy to God is is more true than I feel like any <laughs> other time. And I told Brianna I said when she asked me, you know, for example, you know, do you want to foster a kid? And my thoughts are 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 no. Why are they no? Oh, it's because now I have to worry about this, and now I have to do this, and and it's going to cost me this, and it's another kid I have to deal with. All those things are selfish reasons. They're always selfish reasons. There's usually not many good reasons to not do it, but because you see the kid as an inconvenience. And if we spend more time looking at the pros about what our purpose here on life is, then it helps. It definitely helps us to see why. We want to have kids yeah. because, again, I couldn't get around it. Everything came back to being the fact that I was trying to I was trying to find ways to make a kid inconvenient. And they're just not. I love that. On that note, we're going to kind of change gears a little bit. We're going to talk a little bit more about our relationship between ourselves and God and, and keeping our marriage sacred. One thing that Jerry and I decided early on in our marriage, I think it was even before we were married, is that we were going to keep our marriage between ourselves. And that was something we've worked really hard on doing throughout, you know, all of the time we've been together, is keeping our relationship private. Um, we know that the more we share and the more we tell other people about issues we're going through and, you know, stuff that's happening in our lives and in our relationship between, each, you know, amongst each other, the less sacred it becomes. Um, of course, I'm not saying you should hide things from, you know, people if you truly need help. But, I mean, you shouldn't go running to your mother every time you have a fight with your husband. <laughs> that, that's not healthy. And you shouldn't go chatting with your best friend about all your complaints about how your husband leaves his dirty socks on the ground or he never does the dishes. Back or to the socks. <laughs> you can tell him I'm bitter about that. <laughs> but you know what I'm saying. Um, you should definitely keep what's happening in your marriage happening in your marriage. Um like I said, and I want to reiterate again, if there's major issues, of course, reach out for help. But your marriage is sacred, and the person you should be discussing your issues with is your spouse and God. And and I also agree with that. And on top of that, I want to say, that's not to say that you're supposed to make yourselves look perfect. No. In front of everybody. Like, no. you know, if, if you have disagreements, you know, you can have them in front of people. That's fine. It's when things get get hot. You know, where things get, you know, too dramatic. You know, Brianna and I have said, 
know, let's not fight like in front of the kids. You know, I said, you know what, it's fine that we have disagreements in front of the kids because they're going to grow up knowing that we had to work through issues that we had. And I think it's detrimental, you know, for, for our society that when we see our friends, you know, and family members on Facebook, we only see the best sides of them. They're not going to post that they were in a fight today. <laughs> you know, they're not going to post how mad they are. Like most of the time it's, I love them and I'm super happy. And so that's what we see. And so that helps, that uh, doesn't help us when we have conflict in our relationship because we're already comparing ourselves to other people's relationships and saying, oh, well, you know, all these people don't have to deal with this. Look how happy they are. But you have no idea. Mm-hmm. You know, you have no idea. Um, so there's, there is a balance there. We definitely want to, you know, try to try to keep our relationship sacred and, and uh, not slander, you know, one another. And I think that's what, kind of what I was trying to get at is slander. You know, especially if you're talking about to your family about your spouse, your family is always going to side with you. So if you're going to slander your spouse to your family, they're just going to hate your spouse. (laughs) It's just not a healthy thing to do. So keep your relationship sacred like it's meant to be um, and treat your spouse with with the love um, and grace that they deserve. And one thing that I want to note before we kind of wrap this all up is remember your spouse is not perfect. This is something I struggle with because I always expect Jerry to be compassionate and forgiving with me. But when he makes mistakes, I kind of feel like I want to just cut his head off. You know, I'm just so upset. Like, how could he treat me like that? How could he say something to me like that? You know, or, you know, get frustrated with me. But I do it all the time. And he's so compassionate and takes it with so much grace and love. And I think we need to also remember that our our companions, they're not perfect. We're both not perfect. We're both imperfect people trying to strive to make something beautiful. So have that compassion for them. Thank you, Brianna. I appreciate that apology. (laughs) And I now have recorded evidence. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, dang, I shouldn't have said that. (laughs) So while while we have this episode, you know, more about marriage, just a reminder that this podcast is definitely about going from single to sealed. So um, this is a good episode about, about marriage. We don't have uh, a lot of content probably going forward, you know, about um, marriage. But a lot of the things that we're going to talk about as far as dating and everything in between is going to reflect on our marriage. But we felt this was an important topic to have, you know, as part of that, those stages of our relationship. Yeah, we wanted to get our podcast off on a nice, good foundation, a solid foundation, where we break down all the steps of a relationship to make sure kind of we were all on the same page with you, our listeners, so that we could jump to some more in-depth topics in mm-hmm. the future exactly because you know marriage in itself is its own beast it is yeah. it is its own podcast yeah <laughs> <laughs> so i'd encourage you to find one for that perfect well we are going to kind of recap what this episode talked about marriage why is it important we know it is a covenant between ourselves and god and is ordained of god and it is sacred choose your love love your choice remember that what is the purpose of marriage? The purpose of marriage is to find an eternal companion, someone who you can go and pass this life with and also the life after and also raise kids with down here and create an eternal family. We have to find something deeper than just a honeymoon phase. We have to be able to continue to build our love um, emotionally and also intimately. Something I want to add that I just thought of is I always tell Jerry this. I love you, but I don't like you right now. That's something I have to remind myself when we're having fights is my love for him never goes away. I love him so much. 
but it's okay to not like him all the time and vice versa with him with me. And if you can tell yourself that, it helps you feel more secure in your relationship when, when the struggles come and the honeymoon phase kind of fades a little bit. Agree. You know, and, and again, that goes with our idea of it's, it's good to have quick um, resolution in, in our conflicts. Yeah. And also counseling early in marriage is a great way to help have a healthy foundation when you're starting off. Most couples go too late to counseling and um, therapy. So don't be afraid to start off your marriage with a few good, solid counseling sessions. Weekly companionship inventory is also a great way to stay intimate with your companion, your eternal companion. Also, make sure that we're going into our marriage seeking for it to be everlasting. We don't want to have test marriages. We want to have marriages that are everlasting. But again, we do understand if things don't go completely as planned. Yes. And the purpose of marriage, besides finding an eternal companion, is to have kids, to multiply and replenish the earth. And that commandment is still in force today. And it is still something very sacred and very important and essential to God's plan. Marriage is between yourselves and God. Always keep that relationship sacred. You know, always remember how important it is to have open communication about our feelings and what we expect from our our partner. And again, this is something that extends through every relationship that you have. Not yes. not just dating, not not just um, our our friends. You know, anyone that you come in contact with. Remember this rule: that unvoiced expectations will always lead to resentment. Yep. So if you expect your hubby to take out the trash every day, but you've never told him that unvoiced expectations always lead to resentment so that anger you feel in your heart because he's not taking the trash out it's because you haven't sat him down and told him i expect you to take the trash out every morning before you leave so if you're having those struggles right now in your dating relationship or your marriage sit your partner down and tell them what you need from them and then you can feel resentment if they don't follow through but you need to voice those expectations so that completes our uh, stages for relationships yep from single sealed and we hope you guys enjoyed this little segment now going forward we have an open floor we have a lot more things that we're going to talk about not in specific categories or compartments and uh, it's going to be a good opportunity for you guys to continue to write in and let us know things that you would like to hear from us yep and our next episode we'll be releasing will be our topic of dating with anxiety and depression and how to have a relationship when you're dealing with those uh, difficulties and struggles Also, you guys have been voicing your opinions a ton on Instagram, and we will start a new segment a couple times a month that will be Ask Jerry and Brianna, or Ask Single to Sealed, and we'll be accepting your questions and your struggles that you're having in dating. You can send those to us on Instagram, or watch our Instagram stories for times when we're asking for them, and we will talk and read your questions, and we'll talk on the podcast and give you our advice and our answers to those and try to help you guys out in your dating. And those can be personal situations, specific situations that you're in. If you want to know how the single to sealed team would handle that, we got that for you. Yes, we do. Also, Brianna didn't quite say this, but with our next episode on depression and anxiety, we do have somebody who's coming who's our very special guest. It is our first interview. And so you don't want to miss this episode with somebody who is very important um, to the, to the community and anxiety and depression and has dealt with anxiety and depression himself so find out who that is and we can't wait to experience that with you if you enjoy single to sealed be sure to invite your friends to help our podcast family grow 
If you haven't subscribed, followed, or favorited, be sure you do so you don't miss out on any of our great content. Thank you for joining us today as we help you move one step closer to sealing the deal. We'll We'll see see you next time. time.